Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. This is Tom Nettles. Welcome to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. We are looking at a text of Scripture in Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 18. Uh, And we are going to look today at the answers that the disciples gave when Jesus asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? It's interesting that the disciples were able to repeat with precision the variety of answers that the crowds were saying about this extraordinary person, Jesus. But uh, they also had formed a distinctly different judgment. Luke records three answers. Well, due to the likeness of Jesus' message with that of John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the baptisms done by Jesus' disciples, some thought that this was John the Baptist risen from the dead. We find this in verses 7 through 9 of chapter 9, where, where Herod uh, is fearful that this is the case and is wondering if Jesus is John the Baptist resurrected. Some believe that Elijah in person would come, as he does indeed in the next section of this chapter in verse 30. But Elijah was a sort of a nominative of identity. He was a typological figure, as mentioned in Malachi 4, 5, for John the Baptist, who would clear the way for the Messiah. A third answer was that Uh, Due to the message and the sense of authority that Jesus had, it reminded some of other Old Testament prophets. They speculated that one of the prophets of old has risen again. Well, we can look at the prophets and see how they might have drawn that conclusion. They might have thought that that was the case. Uh, Specifically, we could look at the nature of Joel's message. Some might have concluded that Joel had come back. Joel said, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Joel 2.32 In fact, the message of Joel would be prominent shortly hereafter in Peter's sermon at Pentecost. But given those answers of the others, Jesus wanted to know who did they say he was, Peter spoke with right knowledge that Jesus was the Christ of God. In greater detail, Matthew 16, 15 through 20 develops this confession as to its divine origin and the conversation that followed, illustrating the lameness of human perceptions of divine truth apart from the clarifying energy of the Spirit according to the purpose of the Father. Luke does not include that conversation, but in rapid fashion records words and events that began to circumscribe Jesus' Messiahship and its implications with increasing clarity of meaning. In verses 21 through 27, we see that the cross for Christ also means the cross for his followers. Now, the disciples were not at all expecting Jesus to announce this next bit of news. He immediately warned and instructed them not to reveal this to anyone. 
much yet needed to be learned. Discerning the identity of the person was one thing that was necessary, and it needed to be deeply embedded in their minds. They needed to understand this without any equivocation, for without that, then those things that happened to him following this conversation would certainly make them stumble and make them perhaps doubt even more than they did. The difficulty of putting together the reality of his person with the manner in which he would be received, in fact rejected, would take some time to process. Instead, therefore, of a magnificent unveiling of his true identity, followed by a great consolidation of the various factions of Jewish life under his leadership, leading to the independence of the golden era of Jewish history, as the Messiah was expected to bring in, he revealed that his position as Christ meant that all the religious leaders, elders, chief priests, and scribes would not join with him, but conspire against him and kill him. His death would then be followed by a resurrection. And it was in this resurrection that we find the confirmation of the Father's approval of what the Christ his beloved son had done. In our next edition of The Doctrinal Component, we'll pick up at that point and continue to discuss this passage of Scripture.